What I really want to talk about today is the fact that the beast may have been set up to be cursed, as many of the story's plot holes suggest. Assuming you've seen Beauty and the Beast already, the opening sequence tells of the story of a prince who is turned into a monster because he angers an enchantress in disguise. The most interesting part of that story is about the enchanted rose and how it will bloom until the prince turns 21 years old. And in a scene cut from the movie, Coxworth mentions that they have about 12 hours before the prince's 21st birthday. Now, it's never stated how long the prince has been a beast, but it's been long enough that the villagers, who are no more than a few miles away, seem to have no idea that a castle is just a short ride away from their homes. And this whole opening scenario raises a lot of issues for me. One, that means that the beast has been cursed for quite a number of years, because otherwise there would be a lot of superstition surrounding the woods where his castle resides. But then we have Chip present, who has to be at least 10 years old, and since teapots can't reproduce, or so I assume, that means Chip was already alive when he was cursed. And since the Be Our Guest song tells us 10 years we've been rusting, needing so much more than dusting, and in the deleted scene, Cogsworth confirms that the Beast is 20 during the movie, that means that the Beast was 10 years old when he answered the door for the old beggar woman. That's insanely young to be so unforgiving to even the most spoiled of royalty. Problem number two, if the prince was 10 years old, then why does the painting of the prince show him as an adult? I would have to guess that this painting isn't of himself, but of his father, who the prince just happens to perfectly resemble. That castle was likely the home of his father when he was a young man, and the portrait just stayed behind with the property when a newer castle was built. And yes, stuff like that actually happened a lot more than you would think. Number three, the Beauty and the Beast story is believed to be set around the mid-1700s, as we see guns, steam-powered devices, and other things to suggest that the Industrial Revolution is about to gain real momentum. But that does raise an Easter egg problem, as Belle is seen towards the beginning of The Hunchback of Notre Dame, which is set in 1482. So I don't really know what to do with that information, but either way, they are established as being in France in both films. Number four, we are repeatedly told that the beast is a prince, not a king. Now, whether we are in the 1400s or the 1700s, France was well documented as using regents. And yes, France, along with most other nations, would crown even a baby king if he were the next in line for the throne. But since a baby can't really do a whole lot, they would have a regent in place to rule for them until the king became old enough, which often comes up as being the age of 13 in France. So since the Rose Curse expanded to the prince's 21st birthday, and the prince is not a king, that means that his parents are alive and or the prince is not the next in line for the throne. Now, no matter who you were in France, you were expected to pay taxes. Everyone would have to answer to the king if the taxes weren't collected, and this all means that the sudden absence of the monarchy would not go unnoticed. If the king and queen vanished, the kingdom would be frantically seeking for the next blood relative of the crown, or the highborns would be fighting for the throne, or all the neighboring kingdoms would be attacking France in an attempt to take over the weakened nation. 
Yet we hear no whispers of any such problems occurring, meaning the ruling monarchy of France must be fine. And if the bell Easter egg in The Hunchback of Notre Dame is any indicator of the movies being in the same timeline, there is a scene in Hunchback where Esmeralda says, I bet the king himself doesn't even have a view like this. So if the two movies are from the same time, then there is a king ruling France. It was also very common practice for kings to send their male heirs away from court to live in other castles. I know, a lot of us hear castle and old-timey days, and we automatically assume that that's where the king lives. But as time went on, newer and newer castles were built, and the old ones either housed nobles or hid away princes so that they would not be killed if someone came after the royal family. Either through a revolution or by poison or whatnot, they usually kept the location of any male heirs secret. It was really just considered safer to keep the male heirs away from wherever the rest of the family was staying. And, I mean, these royal kids would be taken away as babies under the hopes of securing their safety. Problem number five. Did part of the curse include the wolves in the woods to help keep people away from the castle? Although we don't know what the alternative path held, the wolves seem to specifically be lurking outside of the beast's castle to ensure that he stay in and everyone else stays out. Because even though the beast is huge, he seems to go down pretty quickly after fighting all of those wolves off, and then he goes down again later after he gets one small stab wound from Gaston. So the beast actually looks a lot more powerful than he really is, so the wolves would be a good tool for keeping him trapped, and the wolves would keep other people from getting all the way to the front gate of the castle. I mean, by the reactions we see in the movie when Maurice shows up... No one has come to investigate what happened at this castle since the transformation occurred. Seriously, in 10 years, no one has come to check this out? The wolves have to be playing a part to that, right? So I theorize that the castle the Beast lived in is one of those long-abandoned castles, and our prince was an heir to the throne, but his parents were very much alive and well, ruling the country in another part of France. Here's what makes that interesting. The wardrobe is already stocked with several pieces of women's clothing. Whose clothes were those? I suppose you could make a case that they belong to one of the enchanted servants, but, I mean, look at Belle's attire throughout her stay in the castle. She comes in wearing the clothing of a poor peasant girl, but everything she's given to wear within the palace is really nice. Certainly not the clothing that a maid would be wearing on her downtime, and by what we're shown, the maid is the only one in the castle who would have been trim enough to wear those outfits. You can't say that they were custom-tailored for Belle because Belle is taken prisoner and then given the room with the wardrobe just minutes later. I suspect that those dresses had to have belonged to the Beast's mother, and they were likely clothes left in the castle for whenever she would visit so that she would have less to travel with, which would suggest, again, that the Queen of France is still alive and ruling somewhere, otherwise her clothing would not be kept fresh and waiting for her. But then, why don't we hear about his parents coming to visit and finding a hideous beast in their son's place? By the way, Lumiere talks about rusting away for 10 years and needing a chance to use their skills again. It seems as if the castle had a lot of visitors before the curse and zero after. So why did everyone suddenly stop visiting right after a curse that they'd know nothing about was established? 
And I would say that the prince's parents did not visit and then run away horrified when they saw a beast. Any monarch would have come back with armed guards and killed everything in the castle, and the massacre would be legendary throughout the nearby village. Side note, I'm pretty sure that this dresser just killed somebody. So where is the Beast's family and why aren't they visiting since it's so easy to guesstimate that they're still alive? Well, I believe that the Beast was not a victim of a random cursing. He was set up for failure by his own parents. Now, I don't know their exact reasoning, but I would say that the prince was not the next in line for the throne because even the angriest of parents wouldn't risk their succession. So the beast is far enough down the family line that no one would really plot against him or bother him, but still royal enough to warrant a lot of staff and land holdings. But something happened to show the king and queen that their son was not turning into the type of man that they wanted him to become, so they sent an enchantress to test him and gave her permission to curse him in the hopes that this prepubescent boy might learn some grace and humility. That's why the enchantress attacks a 10-year-old boy. That's why the villagers have no sense that anything is wrong with the monarchy. That's why no one has ever come to visit the castle before, and that's why the beast is only a prince, and it doesn't matter that he marries a lowly villager because he's so far down the line that what he does doesn't make any impact on the future of France. Now, I preemptively hear a few of you saying it might not be the parents, it might be his brother who sent the curse. And that's actually very plausible, too. We could have a reverse Lion King situation on our hands, where the Beast's father died, his firstborn brother took the throne, created an heir, and then got very concerned that his younger brother, the Beast, was a threat to 